Good morning, everybody. Scott Luton with Supply Chain Now here. You know, our work to support and invest in our veteran community is very important to our team and to me personally. I'm honored to continue our Give Forward work on this Veteran Voices series, which is a very unique component to our Supply Chain Now programming. And it's got a very simple mission, to amplify the voice of our veterans, their spouses, and veteran advocates. So typically, our Veteran Voices programming is published to its own podcast channel, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts from. But to kick off Season 3, and in partnership with our dear friends at Vets2 Industry, our team is proud to present this special episode here today on Supply Chain Now. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Veteran Voices, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to those that have served in the United States Armed Forces. On this series, jointly presented by Supply Chain Now and Vets2 Industry, we sit down with a wide variety of veterans and veteran advocates to gain their insights, perspective, and stories from serving. We talk with many individuals about their challenging transition from active duty to the private sector, and we discuss some of the most vital issues facing veterans today. Join us for this episode of Veteran Voices. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Veteran Voices. Welcome to today's show. Kevin, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm really excited about the, uh, today's show. I am too. We have an outstanding episode. One more teed up with really a passionate veterans advocate. And we're going to learn a lot more about what she's doing, what she's leading, some of her uh, key insights and takeaways, and uh, have a great conversation. A lot of fun while we do it. Kevin, you buckled up, ready to go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Ready for them G's. so stay tuned spoken like the uh, former naval aviator right on time kevin (laughs) so stay tuned for an intriguing conversation a couple programming notes before we get started so this program of course is part of our supply chain now family of programming it's part of our give forward programming we're we're very passionate about supporting our fellow veterans and that, that community we also partner with a great nonprofit called vets to industry which is all about a clearinghouse of helping veterans find resources, oftentimes at no cost to help them get through their transition or get through, get through life. So be sure to check out vets2industry.com, powerful nonprofit helping veterans everywhere. Okay, so Kevin, are we ready to introduce the guest? Yeah, I'm. I'm been waiting here. Come on, it's <laughs> taking so long. Hey, you never want to disappoint Kevin L. Jackson. <laughs> so with no further ado, I want to bring in our featured guest here. We have. Uh, Our guest serves as an adjunct assistant professor at the University of Calgary. She's also president and an executive officer with the Walden Virtual Fulbright Board. Don't try to say that too fast. Our guest is actively involved also consulting with companies on strategy, change management, and technology. And as I mentioned, she's a tireless advocate for the veteran community and for changing in general, being that change. So join me in welcoming Nadia Delanoy, PhD. Nadia, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Scott and Kevin. You bet. Well, you know, we enjoyed our pre-show uh, conversation. I've also enjoyed uh, seeing you in action, uh, facilitate events and conversations and dialogue, which helps awareness, which also helps drive and change, right? You got to be aware of some of the change that needs to take place. And I really... Yeah, the thing about change, though, is that it's constant, you know? Mm, excellent mm-hmm. point. Excellent point. And, and, 
and the change that isn't constant is the change we're trying to make constant, right? Yeah. And, you know, so Kevin, Nadia has been a big part of that, you know, uh, assembling, shepherding. You know, we all know this plethora of uh, virtual events, you know, finding veterans to share their experiences and and from all walks of life. And Nadia, I really appreciated that, your, your MO, quite frankly. So today we're going to flip the script. We're going to learn a lot more about you and share you with our Veteran Voices community. So let's start with the easy question. You know, where are you from? And give us a few anecdotes about your upbringing. Thanks, Scott. So I'm from Calgary uh, in Alberta, Canada, and I grew up two and a half hours from the big city I'm in, in a small ranching community, actually, one of the second brown families in the community. And uh, I grew up in a stretch family. So that means that my parents taught me to be an athlete as much as an academic, as much as a musician and singer. So I was very lucky. And I grew up in a family where my brother had cerebral palsy. And so we learned to be very accommodating and understanding and empathetic all the way through. And I think that truly is what led me to become part of the change at a young age and be an advocate in education as much as veterans uh, development, as much as for healthcare and uh, programming. Wow. Okay. So you shared a lot there that I want to dive into, uh, and we will throughout the course of this, this hour or so. But uh, on a lighter note, you mentioned sports, singing, of course, students, um, you know, studying and stuff. Out of all of those, what was your favorite and then why? So I've coached varsity volleyball and been a trainer for varsity basketball. So those were my favorite in truth. And I still play regular volleyball and beach volleyball. So I would say that has kept me just throughout my life being well. And uh, yeah, just lucky to be able to have those opportunities. And I bet great, great stress relievers too. Yeah. Um, unplug, get outside and, and uh, spike the volleyball. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you after the show, I'm going to have to get it with you because my granddaughter, she lives just south of Washington, uh, no, south of Seattle in Washington State. So she plays volleyball, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, she graduated from high school last year. She's uh, in college right now. but. Um, the thing I was really impressed already by you is that term I've never heard before. I, she said, I grew up in a stretch family. Right. Really, <laughs> I like that term. I love that term. So you are produced by a family that made you really extend your worldview. Absolutely. This probably has a lot to do with why you are uh, working with the Walden Virtual Fulbright Board. Is that that seems to be something to that people should really stretch towards? Is 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 that right? What what is it? Yeah. So the Walden Fulbright Board is a derivative of the Fulbright Association. So there's only fifty chapters across the United States, and they're dedicated to cultural exchange and understanding diplomacy and advocacy, and various other international uh, approaches. And so we host or we can develop programming that supports a variety of aspects. Uh, There's one university that's doing uh, work in poetry and others that are doing uh, huge change projects in Haiti and across the United States and others that are committed to developing their own voice, so understanding international exchange. Wow, that's, that's really exciting. When I was in the military, uh, one of the things I sort of looked at becoming was an um, embassy attache, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, but I'm horrible at languages. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't really, really good be good at language. I used to live in Monterey where they had oh, wow. the um, defense uh, institute out there, university out there. And I went to the Naval War College and I learned a lot about how the community of nations uh, need mm. to uh, interact and work work with each other. Mm. So Walden, this Fulbright board seems to be very much in, in place. How does it really support the, the veteran community? I could I could see a lot of ways. Yeah, so Walden itself has a robust veteran uh, community, but mm-hmm. within our board this year and following, it's been our initiative to support really just the transition of veterans into civilian life. And I like to call it clearing the path. There's lots of paths you can take to wellness and the ability to transition. And maybe those paths are overwhelming for most. And so our role is to streamline it and give a voice really for what's going on in the veteran space. I love that for a variety of different reasons. So let's talk about these veterans focused events that where we met and really admired your approach. I was speaking of earlier. I really enjoyed the folks we met, the other veterans and veteran advocates that shared their point of view and their experiences um, through all those conversations. And it seems like as, I, as we're connected on social, you're constantly going, facilitating <laughs> some discussion, which is wonderful. What have been some of your key takeaways, especially as it relates to you know veteran issues, the veteran, the veteran experience, VX? We should coin that, Kevin. Yeah. What What are some of the things that, that you've really made a note, maybe common themes that come up all the time? What are, what are some of those key takeaways? I think uh, one that underpins everything is just the importance of giving purpose or helping them find a purpose again, as we've talked about and in the sessions we did with you, Scott, many of the veterans and researchers um, and uh, psychologists discuss the impact of transitioning to civilian life, and then how you have to revision yourself. And uh, so that to me was definitely a key takeaway in the work that we're doing to help people re-image. And uh, certainly, as we all know, just some of those systemic barriers to supporting Uh, the transition uh, to civilian life, those being access to services, homelessness, mental health, the need of support, and even just at the like tier one level, that being for those that are high functioning, but just need that little bit of support to keep their day to day going. Mm -hmm. I think we often plunge into the imminent or dire aspects and forget about the larger population that's actually managing. And um, that's what our work centers around. Love that. Uh, two quick follow-up points there. First one, where you started, you know, the importance of finding your purpose. And uh, you know, Kevin, we've talked about that mm, on a yeah. variety of shows. You had a great quotable quote last time, Kevin, as we were talking with the folks, the great leaders from Project Vet. And I can't, mm. I'm not going to get it word for word, but basically you said, if you don't find your purpose in life, <laughs> you're just you're just wasting away. Yeah, right. and, and it wasn't quite like that, but it was something similar. No, Speak no, you have to, to that, have Kevin. your passion. Yeah, you have to have a passion for whatever you're doing, or you're bound to fail. Fail, right? Mm. You have to want it. You have to need it. And I can I can see a lot of passion from Nadia. Yes, in spades, huh? And then the second thing you listed a, a variety of uh, of issues that we all hear about, especially if you, you know, you, you're a veteran, or if you're plugged into that community, uh, you listed a lot of different things. I would just add one more to that list. And that is the veteran entrepreneur. Mm. You know, I think there's so much potential 
um, in our our veterans that that make them can can oftentimes make them perfect entrepreneurs. However, like like I was when I uh, launched my business, I didn't know. Well, Amanda, my wife would still tell you that I don't know anything, <laughs> but I really didn't know anything a few years ago when we launched uh, our first business in 2013. And I, and I think helping veterans find those whether they're mentors that can help them, you know, see their path or just the resources, the funding, you name it in that space. And Kevin, I know that's one thing you're passionate about too, right? Yeah. One of the things we had another veterans voice show and, and we, well, it wasn't a show actually. It was one of the side meetings. Every once in a while, Scott and I get on calls. We're transitioning veterans. And there were two that wanted to transition into the supply chain industry. And surprisingly, you know, the civilians were reading their resumes. And although these were military officers, couldn't relate to the supply chain and logistics work that they were doing in the military. Um, So they really couldn't get the interviews or the, they couldn't get notice in, in, in the process. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a challenge. When you were talking about, Nadia, you were talking about the high-functioning people. I mean, there, were, there was nothing wrong with them, but right. it was a language barrier more than anything else. Yes. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, you know, in our day and age, we talk about people that need to be cognitive cognitively flexible or creative Mm -hmm. in their thinking and people who run logistics, they're so agile, they're able to hop from one thing to another and really develop a plan in the midst of what could be chaos. And people don't necessarily understand those competencies are, are so immense, you can't build them and most of the population don't have them because they're a product of the traditional learning system. So I get it, for sure. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I see that you uh, you really have this passion that comes out, and I uh, know the audience loves it, but Scott's going to get mad at me right here. <laughs> but because I really want to understand how you stretch, she came from a stretch family, <laughs> for heaven's sake. So, 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 what do you? You know, let's shift gears a little bit here. What do you do beyond the, the WBFB? You know, what do you do professionally? I mean, I'm, you're, you're uh, you are clearly learned. You are a professor at a university. You run your own business. You're a consultant. Wow, you play volleyball. Come on, <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> I think I'm really blessed and, and um, more so because you would call me an interdisciplinary, like someone who lives in multiple disciplines. And mm-hmm. I really do. And I think you know, we're born into the world, seeing the sky and trees and everything and its beauty. And then all of a sudden, we're pegged down to know that a tree is green with brown, you know, um, soil around it and a a trunk. And, and I think I've been able to through my family push beyond that. And so like you, Kevin and Scott, who are entrepreneurs in your own right, and in cutting edge industry, um, I'm able to help and see the problem space and multiple vantage points. So the projects I do have been international in nature, mostly in educational development and technology integration. Mm -hmm. And you would think that education and tech are, you know, sort of at two ends of the spectrum. But in truth, as you know, Kevin, I'm sure more than any of us on this panel, that truly that infrastructure, which is typically learning or education, comes before any sort of technological medium and that's what helps organizations, projects, everything be successful. And so that's that space that I think I occupy 
that many don't see because in our world we're taught to um, be maybe deep in our understanding but lack the breadth. Yeah. And I, I think I luckily and have been blessed to have both. Yeah, that's something uh, I see a lot of in, in business. Everyone who wants to put you in your own pigeonhole, you do this, you don't do that. Just yeah. focus on this and, and what you do. And they, if you're not interdisciplinary like you are, you can't see the, the connections between everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you learned a lot, or we've all learned a lot, during the past year and the pandemic, I've always said that it's the first time the entire human population went through a significant event that really affected everyone in sort of the same way. <clears throat> but not only that, we were able to communicate in real time constantly about what was happening. And, and that was a lesson to me in and of itself. What were you know, as a fellow interdisciplinarian, what were the lessons you learned uh, from the, the pandemic and how the, the world has sort of responded to it? Any, any key aha moments for you? I think um, a couple are that humanity is beautiful, even in a pandemic. That's, that's, that's you wonderful. Know, people you know, band together, or you've seen so much change, even in terms of the digital space and people leveraging it to move their companies or their passion space, whatever it would be. And I think that tells us that there is hope. And maybe this was a check on our society and humanity to make sure we were moving in the right direction. I have no idea. But mm -hmm. the other key takeaway is, and I think this is just a natural state for everyone, including probably in your book, it would be curious to read that, that you just keep ticking. You just keep moving. <laughs> and don't stop. Keep don't going. stop. And, you know, yes, the pandemic for many, it's a challenging place to be. But honestly, um, it helped all, a lot of us just regroup and center ourselves and, and stop the noise that was around us. And it forced us to sort of be and I think that was um, something, especially for someone like me that runs a mile a minute, as you both do, um, that was a blessing, truthfully. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things that, you know, some people see last year as uh, a pause that everything stopped. But in reality, it accelerated so many things. You mentioned about the adoption of technology and actually the way we leverage technology now more than ever to communicate. Um, so I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. I think being that innovative mindset and understanding that technology is not a limitation. And, you know, for those naysayers out there who may be by virtue of their age or integration points, they just feared. And really the root of everything of non-change is fear. They mm -hmm. feared the tech and now they're embracing it because they just needed the moment to see it. Right. And that, again, was part of the, you know, pandemic bonus. Well, so much there that I'd love to unpack and dissect over the next three hours, starting with <laughs> humanity is beautiful. Folks, we've got our podcast episode title. Uh, that That's always as simple yeah. as it sounds. It's always tricky. But that's such a powerful, simple, but important view. And and certainly a lesson learned from by so many uh, during this this incredibly challenging time. I, it makes me think of a couple of follow-up questions for you, Nadia. Um, the first one is we were talking 
well, for that matter, if folks can't tell already, and just in the last you know 30 minutes or so, Natalie is very deliberate, intentional, purposeful, and action-driven. And, and we were talking about being the change, right? That's really important to you. And, and clearly it's evident in, in, how, in, in your approach. It's not lip service. It's doing, doing, doing. Uh, as a wonderful guest earlier today shared on our live stream, uh, Sherika Sanders, also PhD, said, do the work. You want to advance, you want to drive change, do the work. You want to be respected, you want to um, uh, earn credentials and, and get promoted, do the work. It was like a mantra. I love that. But Nadia, why is doing, being, taking action, why is that so important to you? I think because I grew up I think in a family where you did have to advocate to move the needle, um, just to dip into personal, then go back to professional. Uh, my brother grew up in a period where cerebral palsy was seen as a musculature disorder, and really it's a nervous system disorder. And so my mom was a tremendous advocate in that arena to move change. And, and I think I learned from a very young age how to voice the need and to be part of the change. And so jumping into the professional world of today, your live speaker is absolutely right. I think if we don't act and harness our strengths and move our networks and develop partnerships, we'll just stay isolated and, and sterile. And and I think part of that in the Walden Fulbright Board is that we have a significant network of people, as you can imagine, in that echelon that can dedicate time and, and promote what's happening in the veterans world as they transition and help uh, be part of the pipeline to access resources and to uh, find supports in terms of wellness so that they can do the day-to-day. -day. And so I think the rewards in the change process is, is not necessarily who we are per se, but just seeing that in a world that can oftentimes feel overwhelming for many, there are those of us that are, are, are moving the needle for change. Love well that. Said. Well said. Yeah, agreed. Love that. And it is, it is so important because so many, so many folks, we, and, and I'm guilty as charged at times in my journey, we wait for others to do it, right? And it's, a, it's so important to be a doer. So I love that sentiment, Nadia. Follow-up question. So kind of, you know, obviously here at Veteran Voices, our, our emphasis and, and main customer voice is about those that have served. And, and clearly you're, you're passionate uh, for serving the veteran community. We didn't ask you, I don't, I don't think, why is that? What is your why when it comes to veterans? So I just think it makes me laugh when I tell this story. So I was an air cadet. I earned my gladder's license and everyone makes fun of me. I don't know why, no. but they just can't put it together. It's and hard my, to dry, fly a glider. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and my father worked for the British side as a heavy duty mechanic. And so he'd come home with stories and talk about the challenges, although Britain has a tremendous support system for their veterans. Um, but I think as soon as this came around as an opportunity, it was really easy to know that I had the ability and our team is tremendous and we could make some change in this area. Mm, love that. You know, and as we all know, sitting here, the maintainers are so incredible are and so in critical, whether it's supply chain or the military, they, they mm -hmm. keep things moving and they never get any, never get any recognition. No, the pilots get all that, get all the love, uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we deserve it. No. <laughs> 
I tell you, I was on a, a first name basis with uh, our, our entire uh, crew. In fact, while I was in the military, I ran the uh, avionics maintenance uh, group for a while and, um, and, and the whole maintenance um, organization uh, and launch uh, squadron. So I, I, I really learned a, a lot just being there. You depend upon these the people who maintain your, your aircraft. You know, you, 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 you know, really, you, when you get shot off the uh, pointy end of that, that boat, you know, you just pray that your engines are going to run. Mm-hmm. And the last person that was in that uh, nacelle is a maintenance person, you know, making sure that your, your plane is good. It's ready to go. So, no, no, I have all kinds of respect and, and, and loyalty to the maintainers. That's for sure. Amen. So big thanks to your father, uh, mm-hmm. Nadia. What's your father's name? His name was Mac. That was his nickname. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> big thanks. And certainly appreciate all of his work uh, keeping those aircraft moving. So let's make sure folks know. Well, Kevin, I'll ask you one question because we were talking earlier. Uh, uh, clearly, the Fulbright uh, organization, the mm-hmm. Walden, uh, let me get this right, Walden Virtual Fulbright Board, part of the Fulbright organization, is – uh, leading that community of nations work that you, you kind of, the phrase you used, Kevin. Right. And Nadia, I'm a, a board member of the Kevin L. Jackson fan club. If you haven't, what? If you haven't uh, <laughs> seen already, but someone shared an image, Kevin, just right here recently of you meeting oh. one, someone, a, a leader in the middle East. And I can't remember who it is right. This second. Right. It was the um, uh, pr- uh, crown prince of Bahrain. Oh wow! Yeah, I was uh, over there um, doing doing some work, and uh, I got an uh, audience with the Crown Prince, and uh, yeah, that was that was really beautiful. I actually have d- done some work uh, with, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, well, a- around the world in a lot of different places. But it was a, a year ago on April thirteenth that I uh, got an audience with the Crown Prince. You know, wow. things like that are are, are kind of uh, they they. Uh, Memories of a lifetime, right? Mm. Absolutely. And even just their perspective geopolitically, it would be amazing to see and hear where they're at, what they're thinking economically. And, you know, is it aligned or how does it look in the bigger space? Yeah. Excellent point. So on that note, one final question I want to pose to you, and then we'll make sure folks know how to connect with uh, Nadia. So, you know, global dialogue, right? Clearly, the pandemic, as we unfortunately all found out, was not a localized issue. It was a global issue, right? There's plenty of other global issues facing us, you know, from human trafficking to, I mean, really, you name it, climate change, no shortage, right? Talk to us about just how important it is to be that facilitator, helping broker that dialogue and conversations amongst, you know, folks globally that come from different walks of life, have different customs, have different worldviews. How important of a role is that, not, not just for you, but plenty of others that may be aspiring to be and do what you do? Great question. I think it's immensely important to find the common ground. And that common ground, as you actually said, Scott, earlier, is about our stories and part of what Kevin's doing in his book. And our stories really can um, bring us together, whether it's family stories or growing up or whatever it would be. And uh, just an example, we did some work with Haiti a year ago. And Haiti is a nation, as you know, that has um, had historical strife, period. 
and we worked with high school students and early adults who were trying to transition uh, into job space mm. and workplace readiness. And their first area that we needed to talk about, I think, just to help us be on a common playing field was their history and their two languages and that they really speak in a, a dialect that they that's homegrown but isn't connected in terms of the understanding in the global community. And so we did shift a lot of our languaging to respect that part of their history. And I think sometimes, and it's maybe a Western liberal thing, and maybe this isn't a political platform at all, but uh, (laughs) maybe for us in developing worlds, it's easy to make an assumption that we are already speaking the same language, air quote, And uh, I think sometimes understanding the basis of where people come from and why they're in the positions they are can move, you know, threefold more than us superimposing our values or our will or our understanding on them. And, And that goes for large change processes, too, which I think both of you can speak to. No, I think that's that's one of the things that most people really underappreciate is history. Right. And I say, well, that happened so long ago and it wasn't in my country or in my neighborhood. But what's really important to know is that although history does not repeat, you know, as people always say, it does rhyme an awful lot. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, rhymes, yeah. it rhymes across uh, national boundaries. It, it rhymes across local groups, dialect, across languages. And when you learn the history of other peoples, you learn more about your own history. So yeah. um, I'm a technologist, but I love history. And I, I would, you know, I'll tell anybody, whatever you do for a living, learn, understand, and appreciate history. Absolutely. I'm a completely still that history may not repeat, but it, but it rhymes. Kevin, I'm completely <laughs> steal that from you. Um, that's such a great line. Um, going back to what you shared, Nadia, I really appreciate that. You know, one of the things I kind of heard you speak to, or maybe imply was you got to go meet and serve people where they are, right? We all make assumptions as part of being human and they, they're, you know, some are much more harmless than others, but really seek first understanding and go and meet and serve the folks where they are. I love that, that story you, sh- you shared about Haiti. Um, okay. So Nadia, I want to make sure folks know how to connect with you. I, I, I admire the work you do. I, I really admire, especially now that I've got a fuller sense of your point of view. I, I really, really have enjoyed it. And hopefully folks will enjoy it as much as Kevin and I have. Yeah. How can folks connect with you, Nadia? I think the easiest, honestly, Kevin, or, sorry, Scott, is LinkedIn. And um, and then just via email, which is my first name, Nadia.Delanoy at ucalgary.ca. Wonderful. Now, when does your book come out? Because I, I know you got to be writing one, Nadia. And if you're not, <laughs> you, you better I, be. I, yeah, I certainly so have a list of possible books for sure, but I, <laughs> I just haven't had the time. That could be a half retirement plan, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> you got to well, say you need to put it in the book for posterity people can learn from you not only today but in the future 
Excellent point. And Kevin, I couldn't have said it better than what you shared there. Speaking of books, I gotta, I gotta ask Kevin. Kevin's a Kevin's a <laughs> humble guy, but he's got so many projects going on. I had to go go through his army of agents just to get him booked with me here with you today, <laughs> Nadia. So Quitless, Quitless is your latest Quitless. book, and you, and you yeah. shared that it has hit the USA Today top one hundred uh, yes, bestseller. So tell us what what is the book, Kevin? And uh, before we sign off here. So Quitless, The Power of Persistence in Business and Life is a lot of what Nadia said, right? You have to be have passion in, in, in what you do. And, and Quitless is an anthology of some of the world's leading business leaders and uh, executives talking about their life, how they got to where they are, uh, what barriers they had to under, uh, overcome, and why they didn't quit, and and why they are quitless, and it's a it's a lesson to us all about having passion and having purpose, and pursuing that passion and purpose, regardless of what others say, regardless of the barriers that uh, get in front of you. So, please, we're um, we're number one on on Am- multiple Amazon list. We're on uh, USA Today list, moving up. And um, please get yourself a copy. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> we'll include that. Of a sale? <laughs> <laughs> well, so in addition to Nadia's information, because we, we want to make it really easy for folks to connect with the voices you've heard throughout each of these conversations. So you'll the links to connect with Nadia will be there. The links to Kevin and of course Quitless will be there. And Kevin, final question for you was was there a picture of Nadia Delanoy PhD on the front of that Quitless book? <laughs> right. Period? You know, we're going to have to do a reprint. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, seriously, though, I, I, you know, kidding there, but Nadia, you, you, I mean, the, perse- the perseverance and the purpose and the, and the reasoning, the, the, the logic behind it, the reason behind it, why, the, why you do it, it really is impressive. I appreciate you sharing the last hour or so with us, and we'll have to have you back on and reconnect. Keep doing you're doing wonderful work for so many people, to, especially for the folks that, that we care a lot about, which is our fellow veterans. And uh, we look forward to reconnecting with you again really soon. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank Nadia. you for coming on board. No worries. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. We've been talking with Nadia Delanoy, PhD, and encourage you to connect with her on LinkedIn and learn a lot more about what she is doing. So Kevin, man, uh, we should have booked a couple hours here today with Nadia. There's lots oh, of yeah. things that she shared. I would love to dive deeper in, but we'll have, we'll have her back. What was, what was Good, one of your I favorite got notes? I got notes. <laughs> you got notes too? Uh, what, so what was one of your favorite uh, things that she shared here today? Number one, a stretch family. I, I, I tell you, we all need to have a stretch family around us. And that's not only when you're young, hmm. but as you grow and as you go through the challenges in, in your life and how everyone Stretch is not only something you accept, but it's something that you do. You have to stretch to help others. And I, I really, you know, that's going down as uh, an important note in, in, in my life. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And got about my, my proverbial 17 pages of notes, but humanity is beautiful. And oh. it is a silver lining and the empathy that's come with it. 
is, uh, I hope it's here to stay. Uh, we're going to need it to tackle a lot more than the current pandemic. And, and, you know, driving that change has certainly been the theme of this conversation with two folks that are doing it here in Nadia and Kevin. So big thanks again to our guest, Nadia Delanoy, PhD. And of course, my co-host, Kevin L. Jackson. Be sure to Please check to out. Thank you. Yes, you bet. I had, had a blast as usual. <laughs> Quitless, the power of persistence in business and life. Check that out wherever you get your books from. And hey, if you're veterans, so much great advice here between what Nadia has shared and, and really her journey and, of course, what Kevin has added. But like you've heard, do the work. Believe in yourself. Find re- good resources, right? And you can also check out our partners at Vets2Industry.com, which is a nonprofit that's built to serve you. So be sure that you can check a wide range of resources there. If you're a veteran and, and you've listened to this and, and you've got a voice, a story to tell, reach out. You can find us on social media. You can, of course, shoot Amanda a note at amanda at supplychainnow.com. We'd love to chat with you and and feature you on a future episode. So on behalf of our entire team here, on behalf of Kevin L. Jackson, of course, our guests, our our whole program team, Scott Luton signing off for now. I hope you have a wonderful week wherever you are. Most importantly, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. Be just like Nadia Delanoy, PhD. And on that note, we'll see you next time here on Veteran Voices. Thanks, everybody.